0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Hipster Podcast. This is your host, the Crypto Hipster, Jamil Hassan, where I bring you founders, entrepreneurs, executives, thought leaders, artists, musicians, you name it, all over the world in crypto and blockchain. And today, actually today and this summer season, I am bringing to you a new compilation episode. Last year, from seasons one, two, and three, I brought you the Crypto Hipsters Chronicles. And now, from season four and five, without further ado, I bring you the Crypto Hipsters Mysticals. And what that is, what it was last year, what it is this year, it's a compilation. It's a compilation of three or four podcasts together as like a montage. And on a certain topic or area of interest, in crypto and blockchain, pulling from my podcasts. And now, as we're heading into the summer of 2023, I bring to you the Crypto Hipsters Mysticals. And there's going to be 22 or 23 or 24 around there episodes. And I look forward to you looking forward to it. So thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for, for enjoying my podcasts. And this is going to be a summer treat for everybody so please sit back enjoy and uh yeah let me know your thoughts this is crypto hipsters mysticals episode 12 transforming finances future and building unbreakable infrastructures this Crypto Hipsters Mysticals episode is a compilation of three clips from Crypto Hipsters podcasts. The first is Alex Shevchenko, who is the CEO and co-founder of Aurora.dev. Second is Michael Maselli, who is the co-founder and CEO of Pillar Project, and also the CEO of Etherspot. And third is Jeff Garzik, who is the co-founder of Block and the founder of Next Cipher. Enjoy. As being a father, right, we must have a positive outlook for the future, right? So and and you wouldn't be in you wouldn't be in building and blockchain and crypto if you didn't, right? So what do you see the world looking like in five years, ten years? What do you
1: what's your vision for the future? Uh, yeah. So well, five years from now, a war in Ukraine already ended <laughs> for many years, right? So this is something that I really looking forward to and. Uh, uh, yeah I think I think I think Russia lost that war uh, the next second once they started. now, uh, now what I see uh, is also kind of merge of the web two and web three technologies together. I see it already right now uh, that web two giants starting to utilize the concepts that are developed outside of web two industry. Have you seen that uh, uh, that commercial from apple uh, when there is a person who's holding uh, the iphone just in front of the face and and then it's there is a saying um, privacy it's an iphone like it is a bullshit right? <laughs> so um privacy is not about iphone right uh, privacy well obviously they have some technologies there right they have they have they have a security cheap t2 chip that is deployed there right and then the user is uh, hosting his own keys so it isn't a kind of non-custodial non-custodial setup and things like that but it's kind of not about it's not about privacy it's about uh, just modern crypto um, cryptography approaches of, of, of thinking things but but privacy is the thesis that was developed by the crypto anarchists you know 20 years ago these were the pioneers of uh, of privacy solutions these people valued a lot uh their privacy and that's why they wanted to be anonymous and um, in aurora we have several people uh, that are already in in the privacy that, that are privacy activists for more than 20 years and uh, for example they do not disclose their names and um, everyone in aurora knows uh, Frank Brown and uh, uh, and and Jonathan Logan by these names, which are absolutely <laughs> never ever not even close to their real names. So um, so yeah, that's uh, that's it. And uh, why is it happening? Well, because web two companies understand uh, that there is this motion that these ideas are becoming closer and closer to users, and that's why they they would like to incorporate these ideas inside of their developments, though they are distorting them, right? Uh, privacy from the blockchain side and uh, decentralization, all of these uh, questions there, it is absolutely not the same uh, what uh, Apple means, right? So, however, in five years from now, I see that uh, this this cooperation between Web2 T- Web and Web3 is going to become closer and closer the uh, the dominance of the uh, of the money power in the world is going to decrease because the education around money how to use it how to invest uh, is going to become more wide you would not be needed to become an accredited investor to be able to invest you can get $10 in your crypto wallet, and you are already able to invest. We're going to go through hard times or of crypto, crypto scams, and, and we are going through these times. However, over time, people, you know, there will be additional regulation uh, re- regulations developed, uh, and uh, people in general are, are going to become a little bit more educated how to work with their money. And, uh, 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 And what it means, it means that the fenced VIP club um, of uh, super wealthy people uh, and their uh, know-how of making money is going to become a public good. And then uh, it is not going to be, they will still have money, yes, for sure. and you know that that money attracts even more money. Uh, uh, But but now the ordinary people will have an opportunity to use the same approaches and uh, and they will be able to earn money too, not only from, uh, from their salaries, but also from their investment strategies and so on. And this is only DeFi, right? That's only one particular vertical that blockchain is disrupting and blockchain is revolutionizing, right? uh yeah I also don't see that uh, blockchain is going to kill the banking system it doesn't make sense um there are tons of uh tons of uh, experience that is earned already inside of the banking system um uh, and this experience can and should be used in order to make sure that the blockchain products are properly developed However, the core, for sure, should be changed, um, and uh, um, and become more auditable, transparent, um, and more suited for the the world in in, in 20 century, twenty first century.
0: So you were around during the ICO days, and, and I was too. I was one of the handful of Americans who were on ICO bench. So. Well, um you, you know i remember ico bench yeah yeah uh that was a great experience and it was a different experience than the defi experience since defi summer a couple of years ago there was like an inflection point where icos died you know and then defi came in and then you had ftx this past summer and yesterday you had silvergate bank becoming bankrupt so how, do you see this as an inflection point, and if so, where do you see the future growth and bringing on those next hundred million people? Because it's not going to be through ICOs or centralized banks. What's it going to be? What do you What do you think?
2: Okay, I mean, first I, I see cycles, cyclical behaviors, because the ICO time was there weren't any. Apart from Bitcoin and Ethereum and a few other cryptos, just there for being cryptos, there was nothing. There is no oracles, there is no trading, there is no pricing. It was just cryptos for being cryptos. That's what we had during the ICO, and we had a lot of promises and visions. Then, as you said, that halfway through, that was replaced by airdrops. Airdrop was the big thing. We don't do ICOs now, we do airdrops. Then, as you said, DeFi summer kicked in after that winter setting in 2018. Then that peaked. Then again, it kind of died. Then the NFT took it to the next level. Then we said, wow, this must be where the chasm is crossing. Uh, cro- um, crossed by the crypto space, because you could see non-technologists and a lot of visionaries getting into it and bigger products even being attracted to it. Then we thought, this must be where the chasm is crossed. However, just let me answer your question by giving you a use case. Imagine you have 200 USDC, Jamil. In in, Nosis chain. And you said to yourself, "Oh yeah, I have to my to understand this. I know there is this Klimada, which is on Polygon, a carbon offsetting tool. Yeah, I feel like environmental today. So let me go and stake on that Klimada." Then, the things that you have to go through to be able to do that is you have to know that. USDC on Gnosis is different to USDC on Polygon. It is like saying the US dollar you get in Kenya is different to the US dollar you get in the Netherlands to the US dollar you, you would get in the UK. US dollars is US dollar everywhere. If someone gives it to you in terms of the currency, it's just you may or may not use it in that jurisdiction. But in the blockchain world, the USDCs are different in the different realms. It means you have to bridge it so my my usdc from gnosis chain has to be bridged to to the usdc version in polygon then once i've bridged it i have to go and find a native token to pay gas on polygon because blockchain you have to pay gas then i have to know what that token is called oh well you might assume what well, the chain is polygon so i'm assuming i'm looking for poly token and you'll be wrong it's called matic then once you get the matic then you have to go into a local dex and get the klima token because you have to swap then your usdc to klima then you would be able to stake now number one we are expecting you to know all these details We're saying to your user, yep, you want to use our service? You have to have a PhD and understand every little details of our system. Then on top of that, you know we are decentralized. You have to sign about nine times. Now, to me, this is the crux of the matter. This is where the barrier to adaption comes in. There is no way in hell we're going to get any mass adaption with this type of useless UX that we have. In fact. I bring this to you. When you talk about FTX's collapse, in fact, if you look at this version of the crypto winter, it has been ushered in by centralized players failing one after the other. Centralized players behaving like banks, they look like banks, they behave like banks, but they weren't regulated like banks. When you see that, the, 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 what that says to me is, because our UX sucks, really sucks in Wave 3, we bring all these users and give them away to centralised players because they're easier, they have a far easier UX, even though they have such an inherent risk within them. So unless we solve this UX, talking about mass adoption, the next hundred million, the next 1 billion users is fantasy.
0: Like you said, you focused on DeFi, infrastructure, mining, staking, all that. You said next, but next on your list of things to do or address is communities and storytelling, right? So there's obviously some key lessons you bring from the infrastructure space to the storytelling space, What are these lessons and what can the industry learn from your successes?
3: Yeah, I actually truncated the block story a little bit. Uh, Apologies to you and your listeners. The uh, in in addition to infrastructure, we also uh, own several uh, spin outs, including uh, uh, as you just uh, listed, uh, mining, staking, uh, Metaverse uh, uh, two DeFi projects. And it's it's really morphing into kind of uh, uh Berkshire Hathaway of uh you know, kind of a big house with uh several projects inside. Uh and that that's that's fundamentally uh I think a reflection on uh my personality. I can't build just one thing. I bursting with ideas and and the urgency to to build this amazing thing and this amazing thing. And fortunately we have the the teams and business models and uh Uh, situation to uh, permit following some of those uh, really strong and promising threads so uh, that but that's block and uh, absolutely uh, storytelling and entertainment uh, has always been uh, literally at the the top of my mind my entire life Uh, I've been a science fiction fan my entire life I I love, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Star Wars guy. I'm married to a, a Star Trek girl. So we're a very uh, nerdy household uh, in general. Um, and one of, the, uh, one of the, and this is relevant to cryptocurrency. One of my, in the mid-90s, uh, favorite book series uh, to read was based on a tabletop game called Shadow Run. Ah, uh, it's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, but it's cyberpunk. It's set in the future. So, uh, but uh, then there there was a novelization of it. That's where I discovered it. And in one of these series, again, this is mid '90s, so uh, uh, many many years ago, they described some characters in this uh, fictional setting transacting in what we would call cryptocurrency. One character met another character in a cafe. Uh, They handed them what we would call a flash drive. And that was transferring a million dollars. And to me, as a a teenager reading this novel, I was just blown away. You could hand somebody a tiny object the size of a flash drive, and you just transferred a million dollars from your account to their account and that's that that really was a a cornerstone in my mind and i knew uh, i put i you know kind of kind of inventing the term later i uh, put a mental bookmark uh about that situation in my head and then 15 to 20 years later in july of 2010 when i saw a post on slash.org about news for nerds about bitcoin the decentralized currency I knew to pause, drop everything and immediately dive into the source code. I knew that uh, this was going to be something world changing if indeed uh, it lived up to its headline and its hype because I read this science fiction novel, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. And so uh, I keep running into these science fiction stories again and again, both in uh, crypto, in finance. Uh, in aerospace uh, with Space Chain and uh, other industry peers. We're all inspired by uh, science fiction, I think, in part because, uh, at, you know, contrary to other fiction, it's very forward looking, it's very pro positive, it uh, thinks, how would this. Uh, you know, how would the future be interesting and amazing and uh, change in a, a really cool way? And people write stories about that. And then we as engineers, uh, we consume that and we build the future. And so science fiction is not just fiction, but maybe a preview of science fact. And that's that's kind of been a theme of my life. I'm I'm almost 50 years old and uh the past 10 years i I have so many mental bookmarks telling myself man that's science fiction becoming science fact man that's science fiction becoming science fact um and so it's it's a it's an amazing world we live in but we science fiction readers kind of had a preview of the future already and so uh, i think you're better prepared for the future uh, you're more future positive. You know how to uh, react when something like, uh, as we record this, AI is uh, stirring up people all over the world. And so I think that uh, uh, to create science fiction, just to kind of wrap up the answer to your question, it, that's what really inspired Next Cipher was uh, to give back to the community, to uh, create some, Some, uh, you know, future thoughtful, future positive type content that inspires the next generation of engineers, because that's what inspired me to to engineer for uh, the past 20 plus years. And I think that uh, now is the best point to create a fusion of. Uh, crypto and engineering and entertainment and storytelling and all of the things in my background uh, kind of came together with next cipher